And I think you brought up a great point before this episode that you said nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, they're not making dinner. Guys, they're not going grocery shopping. They're not going grocery shopping. What good is this app for a nine-year-old kid? They don't make their own meals. They don't go to the grocery store. Who really is the focus of a child's health at that age? The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Thick Save Lives is back. I'm Rachel. <laughs> we have a pretty serious podcast that we're going to tackle today, and it is a very relevant topic, talking about Weight Watchers just came out, or WW, as we rebranded, just came out Rebranded because... Because everything rebrands. Well, <laughs> well, because when people Atkins realize... Atkins went to Cato. <laughs> when people realize your system is... Shit. Entire bed of lies. You sit on a throne of you lies. You sit on a throne of lies and you have to change your name because people have already tried and not lost weight for the long term on your system... So you wouldn't want to be associated with failure and weight loss. So you have to get a new name. To be honest with you, almost every facet of the weight loss industry goes through a process where they rebrand and they come out with something new. And we're new. We've got this new spin on things because the last one, everyone's found out that we don't work. So we this came up with new thing. This time it'll be the one because we have a new this name. This time it's different. It's different. Yeah. So... WW, as it is now, has come out with a weight loss app for children. And as soon as we heard about this, we said, oh God, <laughs> we need to cover it because the population that it's aimed at is from eight to 17, eight-year-olds to 17-year-olds. Now, the immediate statistic that popped into my head as soon as I heard this was the one about, you know, a young girl's confidence peaks at the age of nine. I'm going to just need to take a deep breath. I know. <laughs> I'm already getting mad. <laughs> I'm going to start this episode. Here we go. Okay. Now, I am not going to get be angry, Psycho Rachel, because we obviously, both in both of our professions, have felt a, an extreme need to protect the kids. Mm -hmm. That's what we literally dedicated our lives to with our jobs was protecting children. So when things like this happen, I tend to go a little over the top with my anger because whenever I feel like kids are being targeted in a certain way, it literally hurts my heart. Mm -hmm. My heart is broken over the fact that there are kids that now have access to a free app that is going to tell them to lose weight in the most crucial time of their life that they need to be gaining weight. So it's, well, just the whole thing with, first of all, let's just explain the app because. Yeah, let's tell, let's tell everyone what it is so that 
everyone has a better understanding because I'm sure you've seen that WW came out with a weight loss app, but what does it actually do? Curbo. So it's called Curbo. So, right. So Kelsey said it's targeted at kids eight to 17. And basically it is a food tracking system in a weight loss goals system. So basically what you do is you, as a kid, you can get the app for free, as we said, and you enter in your height, weight, and gender. That's it. So basically what this app is doing is calculating your BMI based off of your height and weight. And then the second thing that you do as a child is that you choose a goal and they have several goals to choose from. <laughs> I'm going to get mad at these. I'm yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't get mad. Just say I'm out. Goal number one. Goal number one is to eat healthy. Goal number two is to lose weight. For some reason, those are separate goals. We don't know why. Goal number two is to lose weight. Goal number three makes me want to throw something at a window. Goal number three that you can select in the Curbo app is to make my parents happy. I have no idea what your weight would have to do with how happy your parents are with you, but what I'm surmising is absolutely heartbreaking for, it's a heartbreaking message for any child to ever hear. That if I lose weight, my parents will be happier with me. I, oh my God, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. I just, uh, the fourth goal is that you can set a goal to get stronger and fitter. You can set a goal to have more energy, boost your confidence, or feel better in your clothes. However, the only thing that this app tracks is weight loss. So all of those other goals are, in my opinion, all a facade facade to cover up the fact that we're trying to promote weight loss in children because there is no part of the app that can track if you've gotten stronger or fitter. I think it's quite the opposite because the app is designed to track weight loss, really, and calories, lower calorie foods being like green light go and higher calorie foods being red light, like limit those. And that's such an interesting idea more of a heartbreaking idea because when you say get stronger or fitter, we're not measuring that at all. Is there a spot where you say like, I got faster this summer or for me, I'm, I keep thinking about, I read a lot about some of the teenage weightlifters, especially girls who have gone into doctor's offices and have said, the doctors have said like, you need to lose some weight now. And these are people who have a significant amount of muscle mass that doesn't correlate with our traditional BMI system. Because BMI is stupid and it doesn't make any sense and it's not actually the way to track if someone's healthy. Absolutely. Oh, okay. And and girl, like girls and young boys, of course, because their BMI isn't matching up with what the traditional is. It doesn't work like that. So when you say get stronger or healthier, if someone is, is getting stronger or healthier, their BMI in your traditional sense is not reflecting that. So therefore it doesn't work with the app. So... Those, all of those, like, you know, that facade of that we're setting other goals is it's not actually any, the app doesn't track any of those things. It doesn't track if you have more energy. It doesn't track if you are fitter. It doesn't track if your parents are happier. I don't, I have no idea. I know. Do they get to, how's that measured? My parents log in. uh, I'm happier. Extra smiley face for my kid today because they, I don't know, lost five pounds. Lost five pounds. It's, it's heartbreaking. 
but yeah, they're, what they're using is, so essentially this is a calorie counting app. They're trying to hide it as if it's not, but what it does is, is that you enter your food and it gives kids a green light, a yellow light, or a red light, dependent on the caloric value and nutrition of their food that they're intaking. So then at the end of the week, they can count the amount of red lights compared to the amount of green lights. That's calorie counting. I don't really know. Setting them up for the future of calorie counting in Weight Watchers. So you definitely- Like lifetime customers. So we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but that's the app in a nutshell, just to give people a better idea of what the app is. And for this app is free for any child to download. And for an additional $70 a month, you could get a coach who, if you're not meeting your weight loss goals, could help better guide you. And I would just like to mention that the coaches um, are not new nutritionists. They are not certified. They are Weight Watchers employees, but do not have any certifications in health or nutrition. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But beyond that, okay, so we have an epidemic in the world right now where we feel that people are not at a healthy weight. Most people are not at a healthy weight. Most people are carrying around too much body fat um, and it is having adverse effects on their health. And we are seeing that across all population. And as we, as we dive deeper into this problem, we're seeing the problem come into the population of the younger adults, which is now we're seeing kids who are registering in the obese in the BMI category. So beyond BMI being ridiculous and not a way to track if someone's healthy or fit, what I just want to say regarding targeting children in specific is that when Weight Watchers was approached with this as there's a petition going around right now of parents, 80,000 people signing a petition that, you know, Weight Watchers needs to take this down. So they are under some fire over this. Their response to this fire is that they feel that they have a global responsibility, that children are not healthy, and that they need to be a part of the solution to get children healthier. Great goal right? We're, the problem is that that is coming under uh, an umbrella of that weight loss equals health. And the most ironic thing I think about this is when you target weight loss at children, when we talk about setting someone up for failure, like we talk about this all the time, you don't want to set up yourself up for failure with your fitness routine. You don't want to set yourself up for failure with like this unbelievably restrictive diet. Want to talk about setting someone up for failure? An eight-year-old the only thing that's going to happen as they grow older is they're going to gain weight. That's the only thing like we're sure of. They're going to get taller and they're going to gain weight. That's what they're supposed to do. So to give an eight-year-old goals of weight loss, they can never meet that goal. They can never achieve it. It's unachievable. When they're nine, they're supposed to be heavier when they were eight. And when they're 14, they're supposed to be heavier than when they're nine. So you can't lose weight as a child and keep it off because essentially you're always gaining weight. Like what sense does this make? This is, it's absolutely absurd because every 
piece of your body is getting bigger. You're getting things that you didn't know. You're going through unbelievable changes, unbelievable hormone changes that you have absolutely no control over. Think about a young person in middle school and how much weight you might gain. You get boobs, you get the, you know what I mean? Like they're well, not just, you, but not me, you know, <laughs> I'm still waiting on those, but <laughs> you know, they go through all of these changes and to, and are already nervous about those changes that putting this extra pressure on that just seems so detrimental to me. And, you know, Weight Watchers is right in a sense that we, we do have an epidemic, you know, as a society, we have a problem, but we also have a problem with children peaking their confidence at age nine. And we also have an epidemic of people who are incredibly unhappy with their bodies and their body image and their self-confidence and having the ability to own that in a society that is continuing tearing them down. And I think that when you, when you talk about the weight epidemic and you don't talk about that epidemic, you're doing an incredible disservice because what are these kids really struggling with? Are they struggling with their self-confidence? I would argue more than their weight. And the fact that like their self-confidence will be helped by losing weight. Listen, (laughs) I've said this and and I've said it once, I'll say it again. And we see this with women all the time when people say that when they get to their goal weight, that's when they'll be happier. And then they get to their goal weight and they realize that wasn't where happiness lies. Okay, guys, teaching children that the key to being happy is to just be a little, weigh a little less, be a little less fat. These things are the key to your parents' happiness with you. Jesus. I mean, that is like, I'm going to barf. (laughs) That makes me really mad. I I can't really talk about that one because that makes me really mad. But let's just wrap our heads around this. Like (laughs) these are the lessons that then go on to be these adults that are so damaged with their body image and food and everything surrounding happiness and confidence. Happiness and confidence was never a weight. It will never be a weight. It's not what you look like. (laughs) It's just not. It is something that comes from within. And the and the, the sooner that we can figure that out among ourselves, then we can start teaching that to children. And I want to talk about the psychological effects of of this. But really quick, I do I do just want to say, like when Weight Watcher says we're going after this because we have the the greater good in mind. Okay, let's keep this in perspective. Okay. Weight Watchers wants a lifetime customer. It's a way to build a successful business. So releasing an app to an eight-year-old and introducing them to your product at the youngest age possible will make it possible for them to be a lifetime customer. They will be on a Weight Watchers diet when they're eight, when they're 12, when they're 20, when they're 35, when they're 50. They'll always be on your diet. So when we think about the like global responsibility that Weight Watchers is trying to say that they, let's just really remember that everything is a business and everything is a moneymaker. Now, someone trying to say that they're help, they want to help kids, like, listen, that's a great thing. But with the backdrop of selling them something that they will be on for the rest of their life, or that's what your hope is, be real. Okay. Yeah. Let's be real about what you're Fucking doing. liars. <laughs> Now let's look at what we know 
about. So this, they say that this is their goal. So let's look at what we know to back that up. So studies with people who lose weight, 90% of them gain that back within the next five years. And then some. We've so, mentioned this in a past podcast. We have absolutely mentioned this because when your goal is weight loss, you are going, you are, your focus is to get to that goal number as quickly as possible, regardless of the habits or the, the structure that you're building along the way. You're saying, I need to get to this goal as fast as possible, whether it's sustainable or not. So that is the general problem with a weight loss goal and not with a goal that says, I want to get healthier. I want to improve my life. I want to improve my energy. So those things are all secondary to what we feel weight loss is the number one goal. I mean, that is the problem and that's Broken. where they're starting. That's what we know. And that's why we have to attack this app because it's like, that's, that doesn't work. And we know it doesn't work. What else doesn't work is BMI. BMI is complete bullshit. And if this program is going off of your BMI, it holds no weight. It holds absolutely no weight because like we've, we've done a whole episode on why BMI is an extremely flawed system. It's been recognized as a flawed system, but it's been in place for so long that people just continue to use it because it's what they've always done. And apparently, you know, new ideas and advances aren't going to, <laughs> but we know that BMI is absolute bullshit. So then when we're looking at an app that its sole basis is on BMI, we have to say like, whoa, 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 back that up. But here's my problem. I would, I just want to add to what you said about the the 90% of people. Okay. We have a big problem with people are not able, and this is across the board. People are not, most people are not able to lose weight and keep it off. Okay. That's with any diet. That's with Weight Watchers. That's with keto. That's with Atkins, South Beach, any way of eating, paleo, whatever, any way of eating that you have, we have seen across the board that despite what the diet is, 90% of people are not able to keep the weight they lost off in the long term. Not even the long term, five years. That's not even the long term. In the spec of your life, that's tiny. So if Weight Watchers is ad admitting, and they have to admit, that they have not figured out the way to get people to lose weight for the long term. And they haven't. How dare you then turn the system on children? If you can't even get 90% of adults to be successful on this for five or more years, then what business do we have putting it in the hands of children? It's not successful. The stats show that. So like, okay, then what, then what business does it have well, in the world? Really, what business does it have in the world? Something that's not successful. Really, usually we throw that out, but but in the diet industry, we just don't. We, we rebrand. We rebrand. <laughs> we say no, no, it's fine. We got a new brand now. So if you really want, so maybe if we really want to solve this problem, maybe we need to be first looking at how we can get adults to sustain weight loss or fat loss in the long term, mm -hmm. and then once we figure that out, maybe we can give it to the kids. But we haven't figured it out yet. Mm -hmm. So let's stay on that problem. If we're talking about a global problem we need to solve. Yeah. Well, I think that getting the, that, that brings us to yo-yo dieting, which is just the last statistic I saw in this was around 14 or 15. I think that they were saying people had started their first diet. And to think of that number going lower 
is like heartbreaking to me because when we think about, I've been on diets for the last 15 years and we think that that might increase, we know the damage that's been done from the yo-yo diets to, to your metabolism. We did an entire episode on that and how those crash diets are damaging your metabolism. And what we said before this podcast, we were exposed to that when we were in our 20s, right? You know, did some damage to metabolism, thankfully been able to recover. And most people will be able to recover. But what about if we start that yo-yo dieting at the age of 12? Oh my God. I mean, what is that doing to a growing metabolism, to a person that is constantly going through changes that are affecting their body? And then we put a yo-yo diet right on top of it. To to me, that is, it's just, it's unbelievable. And it's, I can't even believe we're having this conversation, which brings us to the psychological damage that this could do. And I I think about this all the time because when you're in high school, like now let's move to the later end of those like eight-year-olds moving to like middle school, high school. And then you, you know, you're going through all the changes. You're like, oh, what is this? My, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about my weight now. Or you have like prom coming up and everyone knows that before prom and before your wedding, you go on a diet. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, those yeah. are, those are mm-hmm. pretty staple times in your life that you go on a diet because you're, if you're a be woman. Thin. Yeah. yeah. If you're, if a, you're woman. a woman. <laughs> and I remember going to my first prom and being like, well, everyone's going on diet. So you, you jump in with all the girls that are going on a diet. And for me, what we did was we took, it was like, um, water pill, water pill. That's what it was. Uh, I was like, how do I remember? But all of the girls were taking it. I didn't even know what it was at the time, but took a water pill. Now, would that, if I'm looking at the app, would my weight go down? Yeah, my weight would go down because I'm extremely dehydrated. I'm eating less, eating like Cheetos, you know, or Cheez-Its during the day and then just like having a water pill because like I'm preparing for prom, right? And like having an app to be able to tell me like, good job, you had the least amount of calories during this week. That's a success. You lost weight. Yeah. Piling that on top of everything else that has already told you what you do before prom and before your wedding, I just, I can't even imagine it because more than 55% of high school girls are already engaging in damaging behavior to achieve weight loss. Play that back. More than 55% of high school girls report participating in some kind of damaging behavior. That's weight loss. So that would be water pills, that would be bulimia, bulimia, anorexia, that, I mean, a number of ways that you can engage in these unhealthy for short-term weight loss. Mm-hmm. 55%. You were among them. Absolutely. I was among them. The statistic. And I think that when you're right, like imagine if we had had access to an app. An app to solidify. I only had my friends. To solidify that weight loss, right? Like you could tell your friends like, oh, I only had three cheese that today. I'm definitely going to fit into that dress. And imagine if you had an app that gave you green light, you're doing it. It's just like, I can't even believe that. And then we take that one of the statistics a little bit further and say that 60% of girls between six and 12 years old claim that they are worried about their weight. That one really hit me hard. Between six and 12 years old, they claim that they are worried about their weight. They should be gaining weight and not be worried about it. 
they're growing. They have to be gaining weight or they're going to die. You can't be a six-year-old and become a 12-year-old without gaining weight. Mm -hmm. I mean, and just, just the, okay, just on a, on a basic level, like what you have to do to get in this app, you have to enter your weight. When you were eight years old, did you know how much you weighed? No, God, no. Did you ever step on a scale? I mean, I step at the doctor's office, right? No. Like you had no concept of like what you weighed at eight or even 10. I didn't have a concept of what I weighed until I was in middle school or mm -hmm. high school. I mean, until I was older. But the, the thought that like a 10-year-old would be stepping on a scale, we have so much damage as a society around that one tool. Oh, God. That, I mean, how many women do we speak to every day in our Facebook group that we have to say like, okay, listen, we're going to need you to break up with the scale because it's not telling you how healthy or fit you are. So like, and they have such a, we, women that we speak to all the time have such a problem with this. They have a real attachment to the scale and the number that it gives you in the, whether it's happy or sad and like a re and having a real problem breaking up with it and have acknowledged the damage around it and say like, I'm really working on this and it's something that they are working on. But imagine if we introduced that five or 10 years earlier, that it was part of your psyche at an earlier time and it gave you your numerical value at an earlier time. And it just continues to reinforce the fact that smaller is better. And that is not what we want in society. That smaller is not better. Skinny is not better. You know what, girls? If you gain five pounds of muscle during your high school career, hell freaking yeah, maybe you'll get a scholarship to an athletic, an athletic scholarship. It's like, we don't want to continue to shrink people. And this just goes, this goes both ways because a lot of you are thinking like, okay, but some some of us are, have an epidemic with legitimate fat loss. But when we give it this blanket statement of losing weight is better, we are creating such a terrible relationship with our body that weight loss or health will never be the end result. It won't be the end result if we continue to focus on weight loss. Because those two things are not going to come together. So when we start to talk about like, where could we go next, right? We start to think about, okay, what is achievable and what is going to lead to positive results? What can we actually do? Because we agree that we want children to be the healthiest, happiest human beings possible. We all agree on that. Us Weight Watchers, we all want kids to be happy, to be confident, to be at a healthy body weight, which is not a number on a scale, but instead is a healthy body composition for them. And let's be honest, that's constantly changing too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like your body composition when you're eight, I mean, how many of us were like, oh, going through a chubby phase. And then like the next summer, yes. someone saw you and they were like, holy moly, what the heck happened? You grew five inches. You know, the boys that grow over the summer, and they grow it like a solid five inches and you're like, what the heck? How did your knees handle that? <laughs> so like we all agree that we want these little tiny humans to be so happy and healthy in their bodies. And if we can say that we don't believe that that is on a scale or on an app, what is the way? to get these kids healthy and happy because we know that we do as a society have an issue right now with our food intake and how and what it is doing to our bodies. And we know we have a, a 
an issue with our relationship with food. Giving it a numerical value strictly based on calorie intake is a, is a problem in building our relationship with food. Now, I would argue that when we start to think about how we could get kids to really engage in their health and look at how they could become happier, healthier humans, it would start with love and respect for their bodies. Now, when I talk about respect for your body, it's like a really important, it's a really important thing for me because I think that a lot of the things that we do that we want to do and how we build our relationship with ourselves in the world is out of respect. And when I respect my body, I go and I work out and I do activities because I respect my body. When I feed myself food that's going to make me feel good, it's because I have respect for my body. It's not because I'm punishing it. Now, those are very different things. If we say you have had too many calories or whatever it is, and you have to eat healthy food because you're punishing your body because you have too much fat, that is building one relationship with food and you need to go work out or your activity level needs to increase because you're overweight. That is building a certain relationship that is not built on love and respect. It's now not we built can on talk about it's built on shame. It's built on shame. Now every relationship should arguably be built on love and respect. Now you would say that about the people that you talk to that you interact, but why aren't we saying it about ourselves and about our children and how they treat their bodies? It's so true. And we were talking about this before before we started the podcast because I, I just felt like it was like, it's so relatable because one of the first lessons that we teach kids regarding their stuff yes. is that if you want it to last, you have to keep it nice, right? We tell our kids, it's going to rain. Go put your bike in the shed. And why are you putting your bike in your shed and not leaving it in the rain? Because you want it to last. You want to be able to ride it tomorrow, right? It's going to rust if you leave it outside. It's like a really important lesson that kids have to learn. And like a lot of the time, like some of their stuff has to get damaged in order for them to learn it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to be like, well, you know, you didn't take care of it. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel like we're teaching that lesson, but we're like missing the most important thing. Instead of your body is this shameful thing that is too fat and you have to go work out and like has to be like a negative thing that you have to go do and you don't want to, or you have to eat broccoli, ew, and you don't like broccoli, but you have to because you're too fat. How about instead your body is your home? It is the most important thing you'll ever own. If you want it's it, the only to thing work, you'll ever own. It's for the, the rest only of thing. your life. You don't own that bike. I mean, you the your body is the only only thing that you will ever own forever. So it's the most important thing to take care of. We bring our bike in from the rain so it doesn't rust. We don't drink soda because that makes your body rust, <laughs> like literally, yeah, from the inside out, <laughs> literally, like. It's not we don't drink soda because we don't want to be fat and fat is shameful. We don't drink soda because we want our most prized possession to be in the best possible condition ever because we're going to own it forever. You keep your things nice, guys. Yeah, I love that because we put such a we put just put such an emphasis on the things a lot of the time. Take care of these things when the only thing that you will have for the rest of your life is this home that you live in and why aren't we respecting it and developing a good relationship with it from the very beginning i imagine I think if it's such kids an under loved battle. their body 
like as much as they love like their whatever their favorite toy is imagine if they love their body just as much imagine if the way that they treated their body reflected that it was their most prized possession ever i mean i watch my son walk around with his favorite like stuffy and he like he brings it everywhere and he places it down nicely mm -hmm. and he doesn't put it in the dirt and like he he loves this thing and he always where is it where is it and imagine if your kid's most prized possession was in fact their body themselves yeah and everything that they did in their day was surrounding keeping it awesome and healthy and running good. Like, imagine what that world. world. Okay, we don't need fucking apps in that <laughs> world, guys. Because in that world, the kid loves themselves so much. And guess what? When you love yourself and you take care of yourself, what you see on the outside, is, it's just less important. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you go through, like an awkward phase you build whatever. such a better sense of self and i think that's what we can all agree we want to instill in our kids is a great sense of self and for them to you know to live a happy life but the truth is is that your kids aren't going to believe something that you don't believe yourself that you don't model for them the same way and i think you brought up a great point before this episode that you said nine-year-olds ten-year-olds they're not making dinner Guys, so they don't need an app because they're not making the dinner. They're not going grocery shopping. They're not going grocery what shopping. What good is this app for a nine-year-old kid? They don't make their own meals. They don't go to the grocery store. Who really is the focus of a child's health at that age? Yeah, it's you. It's and, you. And we all know that when you think back to how these, you know, when when you hear these six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds saying that, that they are worried about their weight. Why are they saying those things? My guess, and I don't have an answer to this, but my guess is that they've heard it in their house, is that they've heard you say it, is that they've heard you say, oh God, I'm really getting fat. Or like my jeans are so tight, I'm trying to squeeze my fat ass into these. Or like- I'm on a diet. I'm on a diet. And I think that- Mommy's on the a diet, reason, guys. Yeah. The reason why we've developed this thing around prom being that you go on a diet before is because we just do it later on with the wedding because the, the girls events. have seen their mothers do it for other important well it's my son's wedding so i need to drop 50 pounds or i'm going on vacation other other eventful things we say this in our language and they hear it and they, they mimic everything. it there would be no other world that a six-year-old would be saying they're worried about their weight, right? Unless like, they heard it. Unless somewhere. they heard it. So it's so important, and I know I always bring it back to this, but it's so important that as parents, as as teachers, as people in this society, that our language reflects exactly what we want for our children. If you say a sentence like, I'm getting so fat, or mommy needs to lose, so if you would feel comfortable hearing your blank year old child eight-year-old or your four-year-old or, or your nephew or if you would feel comfortable even seeing a random little girl that you don't know saying that same phrase if you don't feel comfortable with that it probably doesn't belong coming out of your mouth because if you feel that it's so damaging to a child to say those kinds of things what kinds of things what kind of damage do you think it's doing to you
you're not exempt from that damage just because you're not a child. You're receiving the same amount of damage and we protect them because we know that like the psychological effects of them having low self-esteem and low confidence and these things, they're going to damage them and they're damaging us too. Mm And that your self-worth is so reliant on your weight. And what you look like. And, and I just... What you look like. It's really... We know that it starts with us as the models, right? Whether you're a parent or not, you're a model in society. So we know that it starts with us. But here's the, here's the ultimate thing. Imagine, okay? We talked about that ideal world where your kid is so invested in their own body and so unbelievably in tune with keeping themselves happy and healthy. Imagine a world in which the adults model that behavior. Imagine how powerful it would be as a tool if you showed your kids that the most important thing to you was your own body, that you weren't going to the gym to burn off your fat, that instead you were going to the gym as punishment or, or as punishment for what you eat. But instead you were going to the gym because you were so freaking proud of the body that you are in and all the things that it can do that you just got to go show it off today. You got to honor what your body can do. Imagine that world. I just, I know, I know that they're really just little us's, <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're just yeah. mini me's. That's, I mean, any, any parent can attest to this is, you know, what kids are doing in society is just a model of what the adults in society are, are doing. Mm-hmm. So kids in society being overweight and unhappy with their body is a model of what the adults are doing yes. and kids being and, and we set the track. We are the ones. And the minute, the minute that we can change this dialogue, that's when we can change it for the kids. Not by giving them their own app. <laughs> it's so Come on, WW. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You want to change the world? You really want to change the world? Then let's do it. Let's change the world. Let's really start having a dialogue that is important and is not surrounding BMI and weight loss, which 90% of people cannot sustain. Why don't we instead take a different track at it and say, that's not working. And maybe it's because everybody hates themselves so goddamn much. Mm-hmm. Maybe we They're need to start there. Operating off of shame and punishment. That's their, that's their operation like standpoint instead of love and respect. Today, I want you to say something out loud in front of your kids or in front of a kid or just, you know what, you know how many kids, just say it in front of the mirror. I want you to say something affirming about your body. And if you have a kid kid in earshot, that's awesome. If you can ask them to say something affirming about their body, that's awesome. And I want you to really think today about the thing, the responsibility that you have to the next generation on what they're inner dialogue about their body is going to be. We are responsible. And And the moment we start feeling that weight and that responsibility, we will be better. So I don't have, you know, I don't have a problem giving people this responsibility because you have it. You have it. And we need to be better. We need to elevate. We need to raise the bar on this a little bit. And like when we go to the gym and we say like, I do hard shit because that's what you do. And then you overcome it and you say like, damn, I'm a badass. 
that transcends age, you know, that transcends age. Anybody can understand. And that's why we feel it's so important for kids to get started at a young age. And like, you know, we, we want them to do hard stuff, right? Because we want them to build resilience. And so like these, it's just, when you do hard things and you look in the mirror, I don't know, it's just, what you look like just becomes a little bit less important. It's just based on like your confidence is just like coming from within. Like I know who I am. I know what I can do. I know what I, I don't know what table. my goddamn BMI is because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know what I bring to the table here and I eat good and healthy because I love myself and I move because I love myself. So go move today, go eat healthy today and do it because with the backdrop of self-respect and we'll we'll do it guys we can do it together we can start this movement and we can push it on to the kids and the minute that they understand that their self-worth is the most important thing that they got to put their bike away when it rains that's the world i'm moving all right all right all right guys we love you so much see you next week Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out constantlyvariedgear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.